done so we can go paint <laughs> exactly hey babe yeah babe remember that time we watched drag me to hell you mean the 2009 horror classic from fucking legend sam raimi yeah your boyfriend sam raimi he's my boyfriend i think you love him more than you love me but that's okay no that's i love john carpenter more than i love you yeah that's fair he's third okay yeah at least we all know where we stand now. he's tied with the, he's tied with the cat oh okay yeah at least we know yeah we know where we stand that's that's very important to me i have anxiety um <laughs> so yeah today we're talking about drag me to hell by sam raimi it actually was written by his brother yeah him and his um, brother wrote it together him and ivan yeah him and ivan and then sam raimi directed it mm-hmm. so very excited to talk about this i'm nicole I'm Topher. And we're the Horror Babes. And let's get straight into it. So the- uh, You are fo- not trying to I'm fuck around today. I'm not fucking around today. Um, <laughs> such, such business. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm business. All business all business the time. Business All the time. So you guys know the format by now. But just in case you're new here, Topher's going to take us through who made this thing. Shout out the cast and crew. And then I'll take us through the plot. And then we will go straight into diving into the, a deeper analysis of the film itself. So- Without further ado, Topher, who made this thing other than Sam Raimi? Sam Raimi. (laughs) So like you said, uh, Sam Raimi directed. He and his brother Ivan wrote it. It has one of my favorite cinematographers in here. Mm -hmm. So does the name Peter Deming mean anything to you? No, not directly. He's done a lot of work for Raimi. Um, But yeah, Peter Deming's also worked a bunch with David Lynch. He shot Mulholland Drive and Lost Highway. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. And a lot of Twin Peaks. And so like... Yeah. Um, that's why I thought you might know his name. Yeah, that's. I think we talked about that on our Evil Dead episodes, but uh, we might have. Yeah, he he's the one who kind of got them going. He's the one who got them started, really moving. Mm-hmm. He and they, they've all worked together, like a lot of uh, directors that we've talked about, and in general, uh, they all sort of use the same cinematographer for a while and then mm-hmm. move on to somebody new. Right. Uh, the music was done by Christopher Young. Really fun score here. Really well. I think it was really well used. Yeah, agreed. And because I'm going to talk about this a lot uh, today, uh, the editor was Bob Morosky. Mm-hmm. I think it's Morosky. It's he's another Detroit guy. He's another Raimi person. Um, but he edited the Spider-Man trilogy that Raimi did, nice. and uh, famously the Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. Now for our cast, we have Allison Lohman as Christine Brown, our I guess protagonist. Yeah, she's our protagonist. Yeah, yeah she goes mm-hmm. through a journey. Yeah, um, Justin Lung as her boyfriend Clay Dalton. Lorna Raver as Mrs. Ganush, uh, the sort of old lady who is yeah. haunting her throughout the movie. The reason the whole movie happens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dalip Rao, who I love as um, mm-hmm. Ram Jass, the great. medium. He's so good in this movie, but he's fantastic in everything I've seen him in. He mm-hmm. has such a he's such a uh, intelligence about comedic timing. You know, like he just knows where to put his beats. Yes, agreed. David Paymer, who's another just character actor from everything, uh, as Mr. Jax, that's uh, Christine's boss. Mm-hmm. Adriana Barraza as Shansan Dina, our other sort of medium psychic in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a few other sort of side characters in here, but I think that's really who I was going to just focus on. It is funny that 
there's a couple of cameos from the cast in here. Mm-hmm. Or from the, not from the cast, from the crew in here. So yeah. Christopher Young, who I just said did the music, the score and everything. He's the guy who's holding a cupcake, if you remember him. Who's Which just like scene? walking. Ah, shit. Now I'm trying to. The cup, a cupcake. Yeah, there's a scene outside. Oh, it's when they start to go towards a psychic. There's just a guy walking oh, through the background okay. with a cupcake. Okay. That's Christopher okay. Young. Okay, yes, gotcha. sorry. I was yeah. like, they never go to a bakery that I remember. No, um, it's when they're. Okay. Um, yeah, when she sees the the psychic. Got it. Um, got it. Got the it. The first got time. Delete. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, him. Okay. Or Ram Joss. That was one that I really liked. Uh, Ted Raimi is in there mm-hmm. as a as the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love that the that Raimi is always just like, I don't know, here's all my friends and family. <laughs> yeah, totally. And Octavia Spencer was in there as a coworker at the bank. She's like in the background of two shots. Oh, it's wild. So yeah, okay. I, th- I was surprised you didn't notice her. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't think they gave her much screen time for me <laughs> to notice her. Yeah, then uh, Scott Spiegel was there, is there at the... Um, the Death Feast is what they call it. God. Uh, but you remember Scott Spiegel from Evil Deads. Amazing. Yeah, it's just fun. I just love that. And the, the car. Show. The car is there. I was going to get to the car, yeah. Yeah. The car makes its appearance, and it is... Um, oh, yeah. Fuck, fuck, I forgot Jack White was in this. <laughs> Where is Jack White in this? I feel like I need to he's watch the, this he's again. He's the waiter. Now. What? When they're at the restaurant, that the waiter... Oh. That's Jack White in just a shit ton of makeup. Whoa. Okay. I think I know what I'm doing tonight. I need to rewatch that. Like, I obviously I got the gist of it, but I did not notice these little cameos. Yeah, what? Sam Raimi is the ghost at the seance too. The one that starts dancing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Sam Raimi. Good God. Okay. It was such a. It's such, it's just so goofy. I'm going to talk about how ridiculous he is and why I love him because we did that already a little bit in our Evil Dead episode. But I can't. No, you're going to talk about how much you love Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Is this like every day of? Your life? I'm going to date his butt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm going to leave a lot of the crew out, unfortunately, uh, even though yeah, I'm a crew person. But <laughs> we also are going to be, I should say up top, we're talking about the uh, unrated cut. Uh, the, it's like an it's like an extra couple minutes long. Yeah, we, we found did, it on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, uh, you can watch you it don't. on Peacock with ads. But oh, that was, okay. yeah. Not our vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the production team was Ghost House. Mm-hmm. Raimi's production crew mm-hmm. um universal did the distribution it was released at south by southwest nice in march of 2009 and got its wide release in may of 2009 um yeah it's about 99 minutes the one one we watched was like 102 maybe i yeah. want to say it was yeah. just a couple minutes longer because i had some extra cuts in um 30 million dollar budget mm-hmm. so huge budget and i'm going to talk about that too but yeah. made 90.8 so tripled it back and mm. at the box office. Not surprised. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, it it won best horror film at the 2010 Saturns. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a really well-loved movie. And this was one that he'd been wanting to make for a while. He wrote it. He and Ivan wrote it before uh Raimi did the Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. And it just sort of sat on the back burner because uh he was busy with those and a lot of times when you have these sort of big budget films going out like the mm-hmm. superhero movies, they mm-hmm. don't want you working on stuff that could, you know, hurt their brand i guess yeah sure i mean but this one is very this one is very popular and very good in a conventional sense like this is a very conventional to me um horror film which you know we'll get into in the analysis a little bit more but i'm not surprised at all that this did really well commercially no no it was and it was really well i mean they they marketed the shit out of it um yeah i mean i remember because i was in college when this came out Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I would have just like I would would have just finished my freshman year, 
And yeah, I had just graduated high school. Yeah. 2009. Mm-hmm. So I remember seeing this like before every single movie, like the trailer was everywhere. And they were, you know, from the director of the Spider-Man trilogy and Evil Dead. For sure, for drag sure. Drag me to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just looked like it was going to be fun, you know? Yeah. And, like, yeah. I already know that Raimi is just pure, unadulterated fun. And this one is not, uh, does not disappoint in that way at all. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely has his um, signature style. And I think he really goes for it. And this movie is no exception. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. Um, but that's all I've got to say up top. Great. Plenty to say later, but uh, just since you're a business lady today. I'm going to get right into plot. Beautiful. Take me away. Paint me a picture. Oh, just before we start, I just want to say we both understand and know that this involves a classic racist trope. Uh, We are not going to use the word, but it involves, you know, Romani people cursing people. Correct. It's harmful. We don't like it. We are not going to use the word because it is a slur. Yep. Correct. Thank you for that. Yeah. We are in 1969. Sexy year. Same same year that we went to the moon. You know why I know that? Even Stevens. Yes. We went to the moon in 1969. Not 1968, but the <laughs> year, year after. after. God, any of our any of our Gen Z listeners out there are like, what are they talking? Like, what is this? It's on. It's Sorry, on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Just go watch it. It's the Even Stevens musical. It's great. A work of art. So <laughs> we're in Pasadena. A Hispanic couple seeks the aid of a young medium named Sean uh, Sean Sandina, mm-hmm. and uh, they're saying, you know, their son is ill and hears voices um, after stealing a silver necklace from a wagon. He, he was trying to return it, but you know, cursed. Um, <laughs> Curses are relentless in this movie. I love that. I yeah. do want to talk about that. For it's so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Sandina carries out, you know, a séance as you do. A séance, I think, is what I've said. <laughs> um, but an unseen force attacks them and then drags the boy where to, to hell. hell. Um, to hell. I love how we went, we went totally different. <laughs> I was like Valley Girl, like eh, he's going to hell. He'll be right back. And you're like to hell. God, I need to make the cut now with Call Me By Your Name mm-hmm. playing on it. I love it. So Sandina is pissed and she's like, what the fuck? I'm going to fight this demon again one day. You I have not see seen. You again. Yeah, you have not seen the fucking last of me. Uh, so now fast forward. We're in present day L.A. Just so funny because they say Pasadena and then L.A. And I'm like, it's the same city. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, Pasadena is a city within LA, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Um, they just wanted to get specific, I guess. But uh, we meet Christine Brown, played by Allison Lohman, like you said. Um, she's like a bank loan officer. She's trying to get a promotion, trying to move up in her job, but she's kind of up against Stu Rubin. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I meant to say that's Reggie Lee. Who's yeah. Another he's great played character by Reggie actor. Lee. Yeah. Um, he's also great in this, like, perfect casting. Um, her boss advises her to demonstrate tough decision making. So now with all of that in mind, we've got Sylvia Ganush, who is elderly. She she's got um, a a prosthetic eye that's like blue. Yeah, I'm pretty it's sure it's terrifying. prosthetic. It's yeah. yeah. She's 
or it's no that she had a sickness in her eye and it like makes it this pale blue yeah that's what i was wondering did she like lose her eye and got a prosthetic or is it the sickness that she claims is it made it that's yeah yeah that's what it was okay well she's um a european woman she asks for a third extension on her mortgage she said you know they're there taking all of my shit and please you know i don't have anywhere to go she's begging her um, I don't want to burden my granddaughter. Yeah. Christine goes and asks her boss. And, you know, after her boss has said to her, I think you should practice tough decision making. He says, up to you. Um, so Christine decides to deny her request, kind of knowing it's the wrong decision. But yeah, she feels bad about it. She feels terrible. But, you know, she she's, again, been told by her boss. Trying that to remake this her is, image as a farm girl. Yeah. She's like a very nice like farm girl. And she's trying to, you know, make it in a tough, you know. Tough world, and she definitely makes the wrong decision. But uh, Ganush cries and begs on her knees not to have her house repossessed, and this she has to call security, Christine, that is. And uh, she lives in anger, and she says, um, "I begged, and you shamed me." And this, it's this whole dramatic thing. Yeah. Um, now, you shame me. Yeah, I was like, it, "Ooh, fantastic delivery from her." Oh, deaf. Yeah, She's Lorna Raver is fantastic in this. Great in this, yeah. Um, so now later, I'm guessing after Christine's uh, shift, we're in like the parking garage, which I mean, Always parking terrifying. garages are just by nature horrifying to me. Um, this makes me think of um, It Follows. Oh, definitely. And it's just, it's always very scary to me. So Ganush ambushes and violently attacks Christine. Like there's like, she's in the car and she's like in the backseat. It's very scary. So um, such a cool fight here. I love his fight choreography. Oh yeah. Yeah. Throughout the movie, we have a lot of really fun brawls. Mm-hmm. After this long brawl, um, Ganush rips a button. Very important. She rips a button from Christine's coat and curses it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got that? Okay. So later, Christine and her boyfriend, Clay. Hate that name. Clay. I think his last name is like very boring too. Clay, De- not Desmond. It's like Clay. I just said it a second ago and I can't remember yeah, it now. <laughs> it starts with a D, I think. Um, but it's played by Justin Long, like we said. Um, they go to visit a fortune teller, Ram Joss, who um, freaks out. Initially, he's like $60. And then he like, he sees, you know darkness and he's like no you can have your money back i'm gonna go to bed she's like what like what what's going on um and he says that there's a dark spirit that's haunting her and she goes she goes home and you know shit starts happening um she begin the attack begins i guess you could say with like various various things happen like at work she starts hallucinating and then we have this crazy nosebleed that turns into like vomiting blood all over her boss like it's 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 probably oh, the worst it's so good it's probably the worst case scenario for like going to work Did i would it get say in my mouth I'm like bro you would know it's fucking blood <laughs> do you taste iron yeah, um and like what's interesting is that like there it's not that she's just hallucinating with hallucinating with this like a lot of times with the curse the play is to make them seem like they're crazy yes absolutely to the, everyone else like no one else can see what's going on but everyone believes her that yeah. something's going on yeah um because like there's physical evidence mm-hmm. right like her house is broken into and she does have a giant nosebleed at work and and she she did have like that lip gash like someone did actually yeah. like attack her or whatever yeah um so yeah she um i do like that too because i kind of hate the um it works in some movies but i don't particularly like love the whole 
Like, I like that this movie doesn't utilize, like, the gaslighting. Because, yes, yes, as a viewer, it makes you extremely frustrated because you know these things are actually happening and you hate that the that your, your main character is being gaslit. Um, but I like that this movie doesn't rely on that as a crutch. Like, it actually is, like, it's happening. And everyone believes her. Anyway... Um, another important detail here, though, is is Stu sees his opportunity here and steals a file from Christine's desk while all this chaos is going on. So Christine is like, oh, my God, um, I need to go to beg for forgiveness from Ganush. So she goes and um, this is a really great scene where her, where her granddaughter opens the door and you know it looks like nina dobrev that's the name i was trying to come up oh, with yeah, last night yeah. i was trying to think of who it was it's, it's not nina dobrev but i was like that's who that looks like though yeah um so she goes to the house and there's this really you know great reveal moment where you know she's asking for forgiveness and and her granddaughter's you know being being mean um yeah uh, rightfully so though i mean like you know family's family but she she lets her inside and she's like so you think you can do something for her and it's her like in her casket and this is where we learn that she's dead yeah Um, oh god that's such a good scene it is it's 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 our first real moment of like gore gore like we've got she like falls into the casket, or and and so she's and laying it, on the table, yeah, yeah, or yeah, she falls into the, into the table, and the dead body like falls on top of her and starts vomiting like embalming liquid. Yeah, because there's all those there's a, the repeated uh, chin sucking scenes. Yes, yes, that happens in the car, and now it's happening again. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like a gross theme, um, but yeah, the, this poor Christine, like shit just keeps going down. So Christine goes back to Joss, who um, says that as long as Christine owns that cursed button, Mm -hmm. um, the Lamia, which is the name of this demon, will torment her for three days and then will drag her to hell. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to do the little background on Lamia right now? Yeah, I think I got some mythology for you. I think this is a good opportunity. Go for it. Yeah. So the the Lamia or Lamia. So there's a version of it. um, The Greeks kind of took. So the Lamia was a uh, is from Libyan mythology. Okay. Which is Libya is not even wasn't even a country until like this century, but uh, or last century. But uh, like the Bedouin people, Mm -hmm. right? Would be there's there's a few different ethnic groups in what we now call Libya, but um, I believe the Lamia was from uh, the Bedouin. Okay. So then Greek, uh, the Greeks, you know, because they would just like, that's how they got so many gods is that every time they conquered a place or ran into a new people, they're like, okay, that God's real too. Mm-hmm. So originally she was supposed to be a, a Libyan queen. Lamia? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and she had an affair with Zeus, is mm-hmm. cursed and becomes this child eating monster. And then later on she becomes um, like a knight spirit like a haunting spirit gotcha so that's where we get this that's it's just a really good pull from raimi because he's a fucking nerd yeah um same uh it's just a really cool it's a cool deep pull but you know why i think he really used that name why lamia is a monster in D &D. oh my god and a super terrifying one the nerds reign the nerds reign and i love them I am I am in love with the one sitting next to me. The nerds reign, <laughs> and I wouldn't discount myself out of the out of the nerd world. I'm a big nerd too. You are just about different stuff. Just a dumb old dork. I mean, I I co co host a fucking horror podcast. I think that <laughs> qualifies me enough. <laughs> I would uh, uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's that's really all I have to say. I just wanted to cool. pop in a little bit of mythology because yeah. that's no, I love me. It. I love it. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I'm 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 happy. You yeah, I was sitting there. there last night holding on to that little nugget so I could uh, <laughs> tell you on mic. Clinching that nugget till it turns into a diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I do with my poops. Oh God, <laughs> you said you said the silent part. Um, <laughs> so so and then he suggests a sacrifice, saying like you have to appease the spirit. And that might yeah, work. Demands a, ancient gods demand blood sacrifices. This is something we know. And this bitch, this is where I'm not on Christine's side. She sacrifices her little baby fucking kitten. It's such a cute kitten. It's Good so job casting. Cute. It's so cute. And she sacrifices it. I'm like, God damn it. Well, even before that, she's like, I am a vegetarian. I'm not going to kill some innocent chicken. And so you kill your own pet? It doesn't make any fucking well, sense. Well, she does it in a panic moment, too. Like, um... Because she's so t- sad. I know though. it's terrible. If there's I ever an animal it. in the first act of a movie, it's dead by the second. I know it's not going to make it, and I hate that about horror films. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe. When I'm president, but yeah, she does it in like this moment of panic, right? Because it does like she's attacked again, and she just like can't take it. That doesn't justify it. For I'm not me, though. <sighs> I understand that she is wrong to kill the. Sorry, kitten. I'm I'm yelling. You are I'm sorry. yelling. Yeah, let's bring it down. I'm sorry. It's okay. Deep breaths. So after she has to do all this, she she feels well enough now because she thinks it worked. Yeah, um, she's feeling chipper. But little does she know, we're like 30 minutes, maybe not even, into the movie. So like, <laughs> no, it didn't work, obviously. Yeah, we just kicked off the second act. Yeah, dude. So like, sorry, girl. But she feels well enough to go and meet Clay's parents who are kind of like shitty. Um, they're, they're, because they're, they're like rich folks. They They want him to marry, you know... Basically, another version of his own mother, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, Christine is like from a farm, doesn't really come from money, doesn't. She used to be fat. Oh God, I hate that fucking the fat shaming in this is just fucking ridiculous. Like well, it doesn't need to be in there. Well, it's I I think it's being used. I don't think it's being like I don't think Ramy is on that side. It's it's being used of people who are um, shitty to her. Like, it's not, uh, I don't think the, the, the story is fat shaming her. I think characters are. I, I still just, I don't know. I don't think it's necessary. It's probably not. Um, it's just used to highlight it's bad people. It's of the time, though. It's of yeah, the time. Yeah, and I, I, I just, I, I really don't think the story is doing it, and so I, I don't mind it. Um, just I because just, it is used to highlight, like, that's something that marks someone as a shitty person in this movie. Yeah, definitely. I just, I don't know how necessary it I understand. really is. Yeah. Um, calling someone a pork queen or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so she she goes and meets Clay's parents, and it kind of goes well at first. Like, you know, it's, it's weird, obviously, uh, but, like, it's not going terribly until um, she starts having hallucinations again. She throws, like, a glass at the door and then kind of comes back into, like, reality and says like i think i should go and, and the mom's like yeah there's yeah, like the eyeball in the cake should. and it's then a whole they mess all see like mealworms in the cake yeah it's it's a it's a big it's a big mess and um the mom's like don't follow her she's a sick girl and like all this shit um so christine runs right back to joss who requests a fee of ten thousand dollars to get to introduce her to like send sendina Mm -hmm. Um, so she's trying to get all this money together. She goes, this is kind of like, you know, the part of the movie where everything falls apart for the cursed person. Like she goes, 
obviously, you know, it didn't go well with the parents. And then she goes into work and asks for she she has to set her ego aside and ask for like a um, what is the word I'm looking for? She has for an advance, an advance, on the yeah. salary for the new position, for the new position that she hasn't like fully been granted yet, right? And he was like, "Oh, we're having to take the the account that you were going to." Oh, it went to shit. Yeah, it that went was to the thing. yeah, yeah. It, like it fell it, apart. It, and it, we learn later that it's because of um, homeboy just like stole the Stew. file. Like that's the Fuck Stew. You, Stew. Yeah, Stew was the one who stole the file and just like fucked it all up. So everything's you know kind of really just going downhill for her. So she goes and she sells pretty much everything that could be of any certain value, and it's still not enough. So she's just kind of sitting there and is 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 really upset, eating ice cream. This is one of those like comedic relief moments where Justin Long comes in, and this is where he's actually perfect for this role um, because mm-hmm. he comes in he's like I thought you were lactose intolerant she's like I am and she's just like <laughs> eating a tub of ice cream um, and crying I love Justin Long he's so funny yeah he was kind of perfect for this or maybe Sam Raimi wrote the like they wrote this him and his brother wrote the script kind of around like we want Justin Long and we know his sense of humor yeah I guess he would I have don't been, know yeah because he got he this is like when he was popping like he was everywhere. yeah like him he's and John not Hodgman that, were doing he's those just Mac not that commercials and yeah he did all of those um uh, accepted I think came out this year yeah so he was he was great for this role actually um so he comes in and tells her like that he just paid for it. He paid for it. Yeah. Like it's it's done. He wants her to get better. Um, I, I do love that he like believes her. He's kind yeah, of he's a really supportive boyfriend. I he's love. He's pretty him solid. This. Yeah, he's pretty solid. So so he introduces her to Sandina, who is preparing a seance to <laughs> trap Lamia in a in a in a goat, and then you kill the goat. Is the essentially mm-hmm. the the ritual or you know whatever yeah. you want to call it. Summon the dark spirit. Pass it into, trick it into a body. And slaughter the goat. Yeah. Yeah. So things go completely horribly wrong. Like, I probably, I can't even think of, like, anything else that could have gone worse um, in this scene. So the Lamia ends up possessing her and then... Sandina, pos- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not not Christine, sorry. Um, Sandina. And then possesses her assistant, so the uh, so we're in you know another like brawl here. We're like trying to figure this shit out. The possessed assistant vomits up the corpse of Christine's cat, saying that it doesn't want her cat; it wants her soul. It's like yeah, you <laughs> you embarrass me. I don't want your fucking cat. I want your soul. You know yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a fucking kitten, bro. This is an insult. Yeah. Um, so Sandina manages to actually banish the Lamia from the seance, but <laughs> I almost missed it there. But then she dies after the big fight. Um, so to our knowledge and to our protagonist's knowledge, um, the Lamia has been defeated. Like That's what she thinks, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ron so, just disabuses her of that notion real quick. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like he's like, no, 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 no. You must understand. Like, she's still around. We didn't banish her from existence. We just banished her from the seance, girl. We said you can't be at this party. Yeah. So then Joss decides to tell us this little bit of information. So and I'm gonna get really wedding singer here and say things that could have been brought to our attention yesterday. <laughs> I can't do it like Adam Sandler. I'm very sorry, but you get the uh. you get the gist. So she's like, he tells her that if you just gift the button to someone. 
then you pass the curse, baby. And she's like, again, like you could have just told me this yesterday. And he's like, no, because it's like, it's a lot of power because they will suffer the same. You will be giving your fate to them. Yeah. And I would be your accomplice. Exactly. He's like, I can't have like the, the way this goes on my soul. That's not good. Yeah. It's, it's functionally murder. Definitely. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Christine now cut to like Christine um, at a diner and it's really funny because we've got like this waitress situation where she's just judging everything Christine is either ordering or not ordering or doing or not doing. <laughs> and so we've got a little bit more of like the comedic like relief here, yeah. um, which Sam Raimi is really great at. But so Christine is considering doing tons of things. She calls Stu and kind of says, get down here in 10 minutes or I'm going to tell our boss that you stole like my file and that you fucked up basically. And um, he gets there. He like starts crying, and so she, she looks changes. Like shit too. Yeah, so uh, she changes her mind. But then uh, once again, Joss informs us something that could have been useful. I guess at this point, fifteen minutes ago, but still, mm-hmm. he says you can you can give the button to a dead person, but like, you have to make sure it's a gift. What the fuck? Uh, how do you make sure something's a gift, though? Do you just do you wrap it up really nicely, or like do you like what qualifies as a gift? I don't know what qualifies as a gift to a, a demon. Well, it's like a ritual thing, right? So it like there's power in how to do it. I think he researches it and doesn't realize that until he researches it. So I don't think it's like information. Oh, he was, okay. Like keeping away from her. I was just trying to keep the theme of like no, I love him it. like withholding yeah. information. <laughs> just like um, uh. but anyway, Christine digs up. Uh, Ganusha's grave in a great scene. This whole so scene good. is just so stressful. She like it's raining, and we all know, you know, LA rain does not fuck around. Um, yeah, it happens once a year. For <laughs> and it's a flood. It's so much, yeah. Um, and she like gets. She can't get out of the grave. Like, it's uh, the corpse is now floating in all of this rainwater. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a fucking mess. It's so stressful, and I love it. Uh, she gives the corpse the envelope. Um, yeah, shoves it in her, shoves it in her mouth. But here's, here's the thing, y'all. So, she was in the car with her boyfriend, and uh, before all of this goes down, and there's an envelope of his with, like, a very special, like, one of those quarters... Like yeah, a, it's like a nickel or a quarter, something like that. Uh, that's he's a, he's got a nerdy little coin collection. Yeah, it has some it. significance. Yeah. And then and then she has the envelope with um, the button, and they're in a car. They come to like a a, a, a stop because she sees she thinks she sees um, Ganush in the street, but it's just a man with like a cane. Uh, but it, they come to like an abrupt stop, and like all these papers and envelopes and everything go flying. So. This is when, as a viewer, you're like, oh, shit. There are two envelopes, two people. There's a fate involved. It's going to get switched. It has to. So Christine returns home, and they're they're meeting at Union Station for, like, a little cute, like, a little weekend. Yeah, his parents have a cabin up in um, Santa Barbara. So cute. Yeah. Santa Barbara is really cute. I've I've never been, but I would love to go. Um. And she's super stoked because she got the promotion because Stu confessed to stealing everything and he got fucking fired. Um, so now, flash forward, we're at the station. Um, Clay pulls out, you know, he does the typical pulls out a, a, a ring box. 
And we and see it. Yeah, we see the ring and we're like, oh, man, yeah. he's going to propose this weekend. Yeah. Her life is perfect now. She's so happy. She's not cursed anymore. And so then Clay hands her the envelope with her missing button that he found in the car. And this is where, like, all of our worries are confirmed. Um, our fears have come true. And so um, he's obviously unaware that, you know, this is bad. And... Um, she, and so basically the curse will never be lifted. And it's so she backs away and she falls onto the tracks just as uh, like a train is coming. But then, so you think she's going to get hit by the train, but no, there's like this fiery, like, like, like there are like all these like demonic hands coming up through the ground. He's like trying to rescue her, but like, what the fuck can you do in that? Like the supernatural has just fucking taken over. You can't, you can't offer a hand at that point. Are you fucking kidding me? So, um, she gets quite literally dragged to hell Mm -hmm. and drag me bitch. Um, so, so clay is left holding the fucking cursed button and he's staring at the empty tracks. He's very upset. There's no trace of Christine. She has, like like I said, been dragged to hell. And we don't know the fate of Clay. I assume that it's fine because she didn't gift him the button. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. That's true. I assume he's going to be okay. Well, Christine's gone and cut to credits. Uh, <laughs> cut to the screamer before the credits. Oh, that's right. God, Randy right. loves a screamer. He does. Uh he starts and ends the movie with it, and I think it's so dope. It's yeah. such a dorky little thing that he does, but it's just like his his bit. He loves to do it. No, 100%. Um, I'm going to start off by saying, like, I love this movie. It's so fun. It's a rewatch for sure. I think it's super fun, and I think that it kind of toes that line where if you have a mature enough, um, like, you know, teenager or something, I think that they would really appreciate it. Oh, totally. I, I think it's still too scary for, like, kids, but... I I would have loved this in middle school. I would have loved this. Yeah, 13, like, 14, 15. Like, that's when I would have been just, like, so, so stoked good. about this. Yeah. Because, like, the the gore is really fun. Um, the storyline is super fun because you can kind of predict it, but yet it still kind of throws curveballs He keeps you on your toes you. so well. Yeah. It kind of, yeah. I, I think that this is a really um, palatable horror film. Like, it's yeah. gross, and I felt stressed, and I felt all the things that you're supposed to feel when you're watching a horror film. But I also think it was extremely palatable. Mm-hmm. Like, just, you know, like, an easy watch. Yeah. I mean, and the only thing I would change about it is the is the curse. Like, curses don't have to be tied to Agreed, old yeah. Romani women. Yeah. And we just need to do away with that trope. Because, um, again, it's super harmful. Uh, Agreed. So... I, 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 but otherwise, otherwise, I think this is so fucking cool as a movie. I think it's such, yeah. I mean, Raimi is a dork, but he's really cool because he's not trying to be like, think of like Tarantino, right? Like mm-hmm. I like his movies a lot up to a certain point. They've kind of fallen off lately, but Tarantino is shooting stuff and he's like, look how fucking cool this is. Mm-hmm. And Raimi goes, this is so fun. I love what I do. I hope other people like this. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were asking him if he was going to do a sequel. And he was like, very blatantly said, like in an interview, he was like, uh, if someone has a story, sure. But I, I'm pretty sure I kind of wrapped it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a pretty clear ending there. Uh, well, he, he's kind of like, he's kind of like, I want this movie to exist in in its own like 
time because he said that he just had like his dream crew working on it mm -hmm. and that he just he he just really had such a great time and felt like things really came together and he was really excited that he could release that uncut version because he hates it when it gets to the studio and gets cut and like all of those things he wants to keep the integrity of it and he felt like he kind of could during this and he was he was just like, I mean, if someone has like a cool story, then like, sure. But he was just like, I, I don't I don't really have anything. Yeah. You know? it's, it, he reminds me so much of he's like a, a nice version of Dan Harmon, mm -hmm. um, both brilliant directors, really smart writers. Um, but like the then it's the specific reason um, here is that. People keep talking about like, oh, is there, are they going to do a movie for Community? Because they got six seasons and the whole yeah. tagline was six seasons and a movie from yeah. a throwaway joke in the third season. But um, yeah. so every every single time someone asks Harmon like, oh, we're going to get a Community movie. He's like, um, if you've got cash and a story, yeah, yeah. I'll make it. But I don't have yeah. anything. <laughs> He's like, do you know how hard it is writing for animation and making Rick and Morty? Very. And do you know what those fans are like? toxic so like yeah. i'm busy <laughs> yeah yeah no it's 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 true and i mean i'm i i i definitely respect him for being like no i wrote i wrote a succinct story i don't yeah i don't really have any desire to continue like i want it to exist in this in this you know perfect time where i just really enjoyed what i was making mm -hmm. and like it's i don't want to taint it like it's done yeah they had a know? beginning and middle and an end and that's that's a nice thing yeah exactly but I, yeah, I think he's just such a cool director because yeah, he's not trying to be. Yeah, he's just doing stuff he thinks is fun and cool. And they are, and we 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 have a lot of fun with his playfulness in mm -hmm. that. I yeah. think it it definitely shines through, and it's definitely kind of his special style. It is like this playfulness where it's like, why don't we have you know the corpse fall on her and just start vomiting like embalming liquid into her? Like, yeah. why not? Why not reference my own work like and put myself in as a deadite? Yes, <laughs> yes. And then, like, have that car be the through line in, in so many of his things. He's just and a goober. No, he totally is. And I and I, I, I love I love that playfulness. And I love, like, if you're going to if you're going to go into doing a horror film, it's almost like animation in a way where, like, in animation, you have so much freedom. You can mm -hmm. just draw the thing. And it and you know like it That's happens. It. Yeah. Animate the thing. Like you 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 aren't playing with practical anything. And in horror, obviously, you are playing with you know you have like real you know people and you're playing with practical effects and you're playing with you know practicality. But this genre, more than anything else, other than like sci-fi, gives you so much freedom. Yeah. So if you're not going just like balls to the wall, like I want I want this to happen, I want this to happen, and just playing with shit, mm -hmm. then what are you doing? Yeah, I no, I completely agree. Just because it's like we've talked about this when we talk when it comes to like casting, right? Yeah. Uh, it's fantasy, it's fiction. It can be anything you want it to be and people can look however they can you want them to look. You don't have to you, you don't get to use the excuse of like, well, you know, it's not historically accurate as yeah. if black people never existed. Um, yeah. But that's what I it's to say that also cuts in a, in a really nice way of like, oh, yeah, but you can do whatever. And if you, wanna you, you want to have fun, have fucking fun. Yeah. Like I think of all these directors that are like very serious and like yeah. I take my craft seriously. Yeah. He does fucking too. He's a consummate professional. He's just a fucking dork. Well, he takes like, so much joy in making movies because it's still just him and his friends in the backyard. Well, and see, and I think that that's his secret ingredient for being so good at camp. 
Like yes. camp horror yes. is, I mean, A, the playfulness. You have to be playful if you're doing anything campy or it's not going to land. And B, just being prepared to, to, to do whatever and also be able to have that sense of when you should rein it in. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, the, like there's always give or take when you're making any sort of piece of art. And I think that he just has that really nice touch of like, this is crazy. This is campy. These effects might not be like amazing, but are you really expecting them to be? You're you're signing up to watch a campy horror film. Yeah. You know? It's funny because like he... So I was listening... I, I'm going to reference this a lot, so I should just go ahead and say it. Um, uh, yeah. I listen a lot to this podcast network, Small Beans. Uh, it's run by a bunch of former Cracked folks, mm-hmm. um, if anybody remembers that website and what it used to be and how glorious it was. Yes. Uh, but when they all got laid off, a few of them were just like, I don't know, fuck it. I guess we're going to go and like make podcasts and sketches and movies. And that's their their tagline. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still working on the feature and it sounds really good. Um, but one of the, they run a, just a, mostly run a series of different podcasts under all, under that umbrella. Like it's a miniature, it's a miniature cell-phoned network, right? Yeah. And one of those is called Director Piece Theater mm-hmm. uh, between Abe Epperson and Adam Ganser, both fantastic directors who did a lot of work for Cracked. So, yes. uh, and I love their work. Um, like, a, uh, yeah, Abe Epperson was the one who shot most of Agents of Cracked, which was their uh, first like running series. Yeah. Um, and Adam shot a lot of uh, After Hours, my, yeah. like that that great roundtable show that I love that was a fiction comedy conversation thing mm-hmm. so they, they do really cool work and i can see their references in it yeah and agents of cracked was all based on Raimi shots <laughs> oh nice um but one of the things they were talking about in the episode on this film and uh to, they use this film as a frame of reference to talk about just Raimi as a director because that's what they do in that that podcast series is they take like one small thing about directing and talk about it for an hour I think that's great, and I think that this is a really good film to do that because it just has it has Raimi written all over it. Yeah, it's it's his, yeah. it's probably the most case in point Raimi film. Yeah, I think this is a great film to do that with. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but the, what they talked about is like how he doesn't have sexy shots. Like his yeah. his movies look ugly from a from a like shooting perspective. Yeah, they look like shit. Yeah, like I, they are not pretty. But what you remember about him is his techniques, right? Yeah. Like like a lot of directors, like uh, we've talked about like Carpenter and Bong Joon-ho and how they have shots that they use. Yes, definitely. There's not really a Raimi shot, but there are Raimi techniques. Yeah. So that's, um, if you've ever heard of something called a Raimi board. I, I have personally not. So the Raimi board uh, is what he developed for Evil Dead. Okay. Or The Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> not 2013, but 1980. Yeah. Two? 1980-something, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So bad at dates. So the, what the Raimi board is, is basically it's just a piece of plywood and a camera on a tripod or some sort of stand. Okay. And you have someone, wa- uh, like, and it's on wheels. So it's a, it's not quite a dolly. But it's it's similar, similar idea. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's just like this hacked version of, like, how to get a dolly shot. Got it. Uh, which we've talked about in the podcast before, like dollies versus zooms. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you'll recall, the famous shot from Evil Dead where he's being chased by the spirit, mm-hmm. that's that's the Raimi board. That's nice. what he built it for. Nice. Um, and he's used it in every other every film since then. Even yeah. when he's had, like, access to these gorgeous steady cams and things like that, yeah. he refuses to use it because it's now just one of his techniques. Because what he can do with it is that you move it along at a slower pace than mm-hmm. what the actual shot's going to be. Yeah. And then you speed up the cuts. 
Nice. In post. Nice. And it gives this really jarring, jittery sort of look to it. So it's a shaky cam without being a shaky cam. Got it. Yeah. So it's this really cool technique that he uses. And he has other ones that are like, I mean, that's his most famous one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he, like his, I think you're talking about the gore. Um, yeah. I, I would call it less gore, more gross out. True. Yeah. Because it's not like limbs necessarily getting cut off. It's more of just like. I mean, like, except for <laughs> most notable examples, but yeah. 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 But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like eyeballs squirting blood or, yeah. you know, like, like the embalming liquid. I just keep thinking about that. Vomiting um, stuff into people's mouths. Yeah. He uses yeah, that all the time. He loves mouth gross. stuff. Yeah. And like the bug, I didn't even mention this in the plot, but like the bug going into her, the like fly. Oh when yeah. It goes in her nose. It, yeah. Like that's pretty gross God, too. It was such a, that was such good sound work there. The sound, yeah. the sound editing was, or design was in, so fucking good because it's, you hear the buzz of the fly mm-hmm. normally and then it goes inside of her and you don't hear it the same way anymore. Now it sounds like it's echoing inside an empty room. Yeah. Because it's in her fucking sinus. Yeah, it's And I cool. love that. I think that, that yeah. was such a cool, cool, like it It was just, it's stuff like that. That when yeah. I talk about being a professional. No, absolutely. And the other thing that I love that he does, um, so this is like a technique that he, I would call it a technique or like a, a sort of thing that he does a lot. Mm-hmm. F- so much fucking coverage. Yeah. Like yeah. he's the opposite of Bong Joon-ho, who we right. f- know famously does not shoot coverage, which is just... Makes me so nervous. I'm so nervous, yeah. <laughs> hey, he is a multi-Oscar winning... Yeah. You know, Oscar like... Oscar making outer maker. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's not even going to be there tonight, and I'm just like, ugh. Oh, yeah. The oh, Os- sorry, we're recording these We're on recording the on the, the same day as the Oscar, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but he's... he's so, what Remy does that makes his shots really cool... And the way he's able to get these kind of like crazy little jump cuts is because he shoots the same shot from like front, three quarter front, three quarter back, side, profile. Like he'll shoot from like 15 fucking angles. And then that lets him cut between all of those. Yeah. Which gives you this really cool suspense thing. Yes. And that, which is like, I, I love his version of horror because the scares never give you that that stress yeah. relief, right? Mm-hmm. So like a like in a comedy... The joke is what you're like, you have the tension leading up to the joke and then the joke happens and that's the relief. Yeah. Similarly in horror, you have the tension leading up to the scare. Yeah. Scare happens. Relief. Yeah. He never does that in any of his horror films. He's never yeah. giving you relief for the scare. Like the the reveal just in, heightens the tension rather than relieving it. That's definitely true. If I were to like draw a chart of, you know, just using this movie as an example. If I were, it it literally, it just revs up, revs up, revs up. Like it just keeps going up and your, your mountain peak is like her getting dragged to hell and then it's like yeah. cut to you know like it's over. Yeah. Um so yeah, you don't you don't get any relief. All it does is inform the next scare. It informs the next, informs the next and that just makes uh, that just makes you by the like uh, like I said by the grave scene I was like fucking stressed yeah like I'm I was feeling fine it now until just then. hearing you talk about it like my I can like, feel my chest tightening yeah I was or maybe like, it's my first heart attack I don't know and I think it's kind of like so I think the best way that I can describe it is you know when you're listening to a song that has like a really sick climax like a really awesome like someone hits a high note or like everything just comes together by maybe Get like yourself the last... clean by LCD Sound System. Sure, yeah. Or Sandstorm by Daruda. Yeah, yeah. No, that's those are both great examples. But like, you know when you're like, oh, yeah, like this. Or like in the air tonight, uh, Phil Collins. Yes. The drum fill. God. So, okay. I mean, the only way I can get off. 
Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a problem, but okay. But, but okay. So, so what I'm what I'm talking about is you would be uh, doing a disservice to yourself uh, by just scrolling through and listening to that one climactic part you have to start yeah, from the beginning yeah, yeah. you the you meet. don't get yeah. the build you don't get the excitement if you don't start from the beginning of like those songs and that's kind of how i feel about this you get he, he's like i've got you you're gonna get that reward of you know of as much as of like a horror film it's it, it nothing's gonna be good but <laughs> you're gonna get that reward of like oh shit that sucks you know or like that's crazy or that really scared me but he's like, just trust me. Start from the beginning. We're gonna like, we're gonna rev up, 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 and then the climax is gonna happen at the end, and then you're gonna be left staring at yourself in in like blackness. <laughs> like you're just yeah. gonna be like, what happened? God, yeah, the movie. I just love this because he he does this all the time. Like even the jokes don't give you relief. They're just no. funny. Yeah. You're just like, oh, that was nice to laugh, but oh my god, I'm so I'm, I'm so still stressed. stressed out. I'm like so my, stressed. my back is up. Yeah, and it's funny in like something that because he doesn't do straight horror. He never has. Yeah. There's not yeah. a single one of his movies that's a straight up horror. It's always got these comedic beats to it because he just it's it's again, it's that joy. Yeah. He's still the teenager hanging out with fucking Bruce Campbell and Ivan. For sure. And, just, for and, sure. and Scott Spiegel and they're and just like doing their thing. Right? Yeah. And again, the playfulness. I hope I mean, I don't think he's ever going to lose that. And I think that's great. Yeah. You know, you see it throughout every every single movie I've seen of his. It's it's just there and yeah. it's just this joy of, of of being able to of being allowed to make a fucking movie he's yeah. just like they let me do this and then they pay me this is awesome <laughs> yeah and we're all like yeah we'll pay to see it we love it yeah we love so it. it's it's but yeah he he is so fucking good at that that just constant constant tension yeah because i think about like a Evil Dead 2 would probably be the close like the one that i can think of the most because it's the one i've seen the most yeah he never ever lets you feel like Ash is safe. And I think he lets you know, I, I, he does fate a lot, right? Yeah. And I mean, even in Spider-Man, he does it. Like, the fate is nothing good is going to happen. That's true. That is, that is kind of a running theme in a lot of his, a lot of his things, a lot of his uh, works. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, that's why I think he was such a perfect director for Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire was not a great, pick for peter parker to me but that's neither here nor there at this eh, point yeah a little bit yeah he's also just apparently a fucking asshole oh everybody hates working with him it turns out well damn yeah but thinking about like okay so evil dead yeah ash keep, like the stakes keep rising and ash keeps meeting them and he keeps trying to overcome and like it, it's exactly like in this movie the fate he, is the sealed. final yeah um yeah. um what's her name marion sealed um, as tight as that envelope um <laughs> well well, and I feel, I feel really, I do actually feel bad for Christine because she's so overpunished in this. <laughs> like, yes, she made a bad decision. She made a bad decision and she was, yeah. she made a selfish decision. But did she really deserve all this? Hey, Lamia comes for everyone. A, a fucking nine-year-old stole a silver coin and then tried to give it back. And was still cursed. Lamia is hardcore. Like, does not give any the fucks. The old gods don't fuck around. They don't fuck around. Just like, I'm not fucking around today. Yeah. Um. So I think that's <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, the old god. But I think that I love that. I love that Raimi respects that, too, in his filmmaking. He's like, he, yeah. he's like, no, no, no. I've studied these motherfuckers. There's no, there's no soft, cuddly New Testament god in here. This shit's Old Testament. Yeah. This is the ancients. The When you were living with fucking stone tools, shit was hard. 
And that's when these gods were created. Like, a, yeah. you know, in this very, like, Neil Gaiman-y kind of way. Like, the True. old gods don't fuck around. Yeah. And the new gods are all slick and shiny. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that's, that, that is a fair, fair representation, I think. I mean, she, <laughs> I, I, I do feel bad for Christine here. Like, I, yeah. it, it, it sucks. It's her fate, but you're right. Her fate is sealed. No matter, she keeps... She keeps trying. Like honestly, she um, she has a lot of agency in this movie. Oh, she really beyond, does. Yeah. She really she's a really great. Especially um, for a possession or like haunting movie, that's wild how much agency she takes. Yes, yes, she has she has full control, and she she really is fighting during this whole thing, which is why, which ties into the whole fate thing. Like we were mm-hmm. saying, like no matter what, it's a good it's a good uh, matchup with Ash, like where yeah. the stakes are being um, risen and 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 different. Uh, different hardships are happening and she yeah. just keeps she keeps meeting them and meeting them and meeting them and is just trying so many different things but the fate is sealed just as tight as that envelope so yep. <laughs> like what can you do yeah i and i think that's such a fantastic thing and like we see that in and we see that in spider-man 2 and i think yeah not spider-man 2 but that is the best one of them as well but all three spider-man yes. movies and i will defend the third one i think it is actually kind of good there's a lot of bad shit in it but i don't think it's bad um but yeah, we see that like Peter's fate is to be tormented. Yep. He has the world on his shoulders and he can't fucking shrug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. He can't fucking shrug. <laughs> it's an accidental reference to Ayn Rand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's literally the title of the book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's a dope thought. It's one good thought she ever had was that coming up with that title. Right. What if the world was on your shoulders and you shrugged? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I love that about this the sort of his fatalistic view of the world. I think it's yeah. really strong. I think it's really well executed. Ivan is obviously a big influence on him. The two of them together writing. Mm-hmm. I also love that the, all every single time he's got a woman in his film, they have they're different. They have agency. They have a character. Mm-hmm. Even like um, the hillbilly chick from Evil Dead Two. Yeah, is a bit much, but it's camp. It's over the top. It's supposed yeah. to be right. Yeah, the woman is the one who defeats the deadites in. Yeah. In Evil Dead too, and like, yeah. it, and then Christine here, Sean Sandina in here. Like, I think that there's a lot of really. I think he, like, or Mary Jane Watson. Like, he's mm-hmm. just good. At, I think he's just good at writing women. I, I actually think he is. Yeah, it's it's few and far in between. You know, finding um, a man who's good at it's like him, Wes Craven, John Carpenter, end of list. <laughs> and all it takes is talking to one. Yeah, you know, getting to know one um, on a on a non creepy level. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I really appreciate what he did with Christine. Could this movie be more diverse? Absolutely. And could we have it's still pretty? A, it is fairly diverse, though. Could we have a, a less racist take on the? People who are diverse, though. Yes, yes. yes. So I was I was happy that Ram Joss was not that he didn't have him put on that sort of stereotypical like a uh, Desi accent. Yes, yes. That was really appreciated. That he's very capable. Like yeah, and he's not a grifter. Yeah. Um, he's not doing like the the head bob. He's not apooing it. Right. Yeah, which having, is always yeah, an unfortunate. Having to play yeah. that role is was really smart because he's just a fucking funny dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, Adriana Barraza. Mm-hmm. Oh, why did I say that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and uh, Adriana Barata, who plays Sean Sondina, yeah. is fantastic in that role, too. It's like, I, I think that the the Stu being sneaky was accidental for sure. Right. But it's not, it doesn't look good. Yeah. And then having just, Romani folks. I'm not mad. Curses, I'm not yeah. like that mad at this movie. I just like to hold a mirror up. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. No, it's important to say those things. Yeah. And be consistent. Yeah. Which we are. 
So, no, I agree with you. I was just, I, I was, I'm going to defend it a little bit because look at anything else from this time period. No, <laughs> or totally, today. totally. You do have to put it in the context with these things that have already been made, but it's also important to, again, hold a mirror up. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, any final thoughts on this movie? Fucking watch it. I'm going to watch it again tonight. Yeah, it's, it's so, so good. good. It's, it's so, so good. fun. Like, I've seen like three things that are at the Oscars and I am going to be completely lost. So I will watch it because I always do. But I'm like, I'm going to be replaying uh, that movie in my head. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's I uh, like I said um, earlier in the episode, I think it's a really great one to I've said this about Evil Dead, too. I think this is a really great one to show someone who's like kind of not super sold on horror or someone who thinks that horror is like too scary for them. Like, I think that this one is definitely scary in like an existential dread type of way, but it's also it's and it's got like the gore, but I don't think the gore is like that. Um, or like the gross out, like you said, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's like, I don't think it goes so far as someone would be turned off by it. Like, yeah, like it's less. So same year as this was, um, House of the Devil from Ty West, which we talked about. Yeah. Um, which I also love, but is not your... If someone's not a horror fan already, that movie's not going to make them one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This could. I think anything yeah. Remy did could make you a horror fan. Yeah, because again, it's just, it's very playful. And if you like action films, if you like uh, sci-fi, then I think this is kind of a cool... Um, it's not It's not sci-fi and it's not action, but I think if you like those two things, you'll like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's adjacent somehow in my brain, but oh, I did have a final thought. Sorry. Oh I have one yeah, more go for it. The real villain is capitalism. Oh yes, absolutely. That's the first thing I said in this movie. Absolutely. Was like, She's oh, yeah, trying she... to move up in the world and that's the whole reason that this whole thing happens. And they deny a lady alone. They're like, oh, well, she's never going to pay it back. It's like, who fucking cares? That's like a half of a half of a percent of your bottom line. Yeah. Get fucked. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. For, For so a loan many... she took out 30 years ago, yeah. get fucked. Agreed. For so many reasons, capitalism is the actual villain in this. Hadn't missed a payment in 30 years and then her eye, go- her eye goes bad and she doesn't have health insurance. And... Yeah. It's like, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. F- fuck off with your American dream bullshit if you're not going to help people realize it. Damn. Yeah. That's real. On that note, I think that's a great note to end on. You, you just killed that. So Aww. you guys know where to find us. What? Yeah, I think they do by now. What? But just in case you don't, we're don't on... Don't give out my address on the internet. Oh, God. You really think Doxing people... me on my own fucking podcast. Oh, my God. We're on Instagram, in case you don't know, at Horror Babes Podcast. <laughs> we're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. Yeah, please go and... follow us there. I, I tweet into the fucking void there, so <laughs> <laughs> just for my sake. <laughs> yeah, please follow us on both. We we promise we'll put out some some fire content I'm very funny on Twitter. Yes, you are, babe. Um, and then we also have a website, horrorbabespod.com. Um, you can listen to our latest episodes there, uh, or you can listen to them on Spotify, whatever, iTunes, anything. Anywhere you can rate and review us would also be really nice. Yes, that is that is always a plus. It's we, a kind gift to me. Yes, agreed. Your father. Agreed. And both of our birthdays have passed. So if you didn't get us a gift, please rate us uh, and or review us. So until next time, bye, bye babes. babes.
Hip, hip, hip.